Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard for Muhammad. I am Matt, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. What's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing. Nothing much. What's going on with you? Not much. You have now been at my house for... 12 hours. Is it only 12? It's yeah, 12 probably. Hours. Yeah, it's about 12 hours. Yeah. A little bit over, 13-ish. 13 hours. Um, you you were in a rare state last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't always happen. No, it does not. But I always either. aim for it, you know. <laughs> I always, I seriously, seriously, every time I drink kava, I aim for that to happen. Well, that's... Retarded. Yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. But I'm... like a good adult, I um, waited myself out so as to... Not be pulled over. Right, which is, you never want to have to deal with that situation. So, good on you for waiting. Yeah. Well, I don't want to fuck over everybody else, too. Right, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Everybody in the community definitely appreciates that. And, you know, since it's now been about 13 hours since you last had kava, I think it's time that we do our typical thanks to Low Tide Kava Bar. Fine. For (laughs) supplying us with the kava that we drank through our show. So thank you to Sean and everybody at Low Tide for this. Shells up. Is it Justin working today? He is working today. Always. <laughs> Bula. Bula. <sighs> yeah, so I uh, went to go see um, Lego Batman last night. And I invited you and you decided not to go. But it, I was drinking. Right, and I, I, I know that. <laughs> it it was absolutely hilarious. It was insanely funny. Um, they brought in all of the different Batman movies throughout all of time, mm-hmm. and like made references to each of them, and a bunch of different Batman characters. That to prove that I am a functional uh, muddy person, which. I remember now that I asked you if, oh, did I say Michael Douglas? Is that who I yeah, said? Yeah, you said the yeah. Michael Douglas. Yeah, Michael I was like Douglas. the Michael Douglas ba- Batman, and you're like, no, Keaton. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> you said the Michael Douglas Batman was the first Batman you'd ever seen, and I said, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and I was so confused, dude. I was like, what? <laughs> Does that not exist? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's funny about that is Michael Keaton's name in real life is Michael Douglas. Really? Yeah. His wow. his real name is Michael Douglas. Is uh, Keaton like a stage name? Yeah, because Michael Douglas is another actor who is already in the Actors Guild. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Michael Douglas from the game, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk Douglas's son. But yeah, he he's already an actor, so he couldn't use the name Michael Douglas, and he really had a thing for Diane Keaton. He thought that she was a fantastic actress or something, and um, so he decided that he was going to be Michael Keaton for his career. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so when you said Michael Douglas, I well, obviously I already knew who you were talking about since we were talking about yes. Batman, yeah. but it was just funny that you made that mistake yeah, since yeah. that's his actual name. That's funny. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to know anything about movies, that's his thing. That he knows a lot of things about directors and you know just movie trivia stuff. Pretty cool stuff. That's what you get when you're managed video stores and – for those of you out there who are too young to remember a video store, it's this place, this magical place you used to go to, and they had walls of movies, and you would just go and spend hours like walking around trying to pick out the one movie that you were going to watch that night. And it was, it was my own personal version of heaven. And now Netflix and iTunes and Redbox and everything else has kind of ruined that special moment 
there's actually a story about that I wrote um, on my blog, mrwrite79.com, called Video Stores and V-Cards, and it's the story of how I lost my virginity and how that aligns with video stores. You should check that out. What, did it happen in a video store? No, but I did meet the girl in a video store. Oh, one of your customers. Yes, she was. She was one of my customers. That's not good for the business, man. (laughs) (laughs) You're inviting problems. (laughs) (laughs) Just like people tell me not to talk to the nurses. Right, yeah. (laughs) That makes more sense as opposed to the person renting a video from a blockbuster. (laughs) Well, all our patients are really old, so I'm not going to talk to them. But you could. <laughs> and I would not fault you for oh, it. Oh, God. <laughs> Ew. How was World War II? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Do you remember the Great Depression? Yeah. I'll give you a Great Depression. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Last uh, night I... Um, I drank a lot of kava, and when you drink a lot of kava, I think we already talked about this once, kava gets you in a state that we call muddy. So I was muddy last night, and um, I was um, I was the same Muhammad. Like, when you're muddy, I, I, it might depend on the person, but when you're muddy, you're just, you're running into doors and you're stumbling when you're walking. <laughs> yeah, when you're, it doesn't change who you are as a person. No, you're the same person. You're the same person. It's not like alcohol. Oh, right? and you like, might repeat yourself, but that's right. that's really it. It's because <laughs> you're right. so chilled out. <laughs> we we I, actually last night I made this comment. I was like, because uh, one of my friends didn't have any kava, and he was just on top of everything. He was just lightning fast on everything, and they were all the same jokes that he would be making normally, except they were just coming at a little bit quicker pace. Mm-hmm. And I was like. I said to him, man, when you don't have kava, you are really quick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the joke's the exact same, but it just gets from point A to point B so much faster. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's his friend? It was Sean. Oh, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he, he was just on top of his game last night. It was pretty funny. Yeah. And me, like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm already sort of like, I'm not a fast person, like, Right, you're slow. Yeah, I'm slow. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Not in that manner, but I'm slow. And kava slows me down even more. Man, I still feel the effects of it. Yeah. I don't even like that we're drinking it again, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I just brought him kava, and he was like, I don't know. And I was like, it's well, it's our gimmick. You know, they don't see us. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to do this. Yes, we do. <laughs> but you can drink a ton of kava and you won't get hurt. Out on the islands, they drink, I think, I don't know, I'm going to assume like a minimum of a gallon a day. And some of them drink even more than that. Right. Depending on the island, because some of them drink in ceremoniously, some, you know, and medicinally, and some drink it to just get fucked up. Like straight up, and that's why I would say, hmm? just like with any sort of impairing. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why most of us drink kava's to get fucked up. So I wouldn't say all that, but Uh, well, I do. (laughs) (laughs) We are allowed to disagree, Um, but (laughs) what happened this week, anyways, in in, uh, politics? Well. Jeff Sessions was, became the new attorney general. Yes. Yes, he did. That happened. Uh, Betsy DeVos became the new secretary of education. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mike Pence uh, broke that tie. Yeah, it was a 50-50 tie. And Mike Pence was the deciding vote for the first time ever in mm-hmm. a cabinet position. Yep. Yeah, I remember reading that. It's pretty interesting. It is, Yes. I thought that was very interesting. And I don't know about, I'm certain yours since we have like 300 of the same friends, but my Facebook feed and Twitter feed uh, blew up about that. People were not happy with Miss DeVos being the head of the Department of Education. Yeah, no one's, yeah, yeah. They did not like that at all. And I actually talked to more people about that and my personal opinions on it than anything else this week, I think. Yeah, I could see that. Right. Uh, and Not a lot of people like her. Right. 
And not a lot of people on the left like her. Not a lot of people on the right do either. Because really? She's pro common core. Oh, that's probably why. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's pro school choice, pro common core, which I just I don't understand that. That but, makes her a libertarian, right? No. And that makes her the <laughs> not no, it's not the opposite of one. It makes her a really bad one if she is one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, many of my friends on the right did not like her because she supports Common Core, and I understand that. Many of my friends on the left did not like her because she's never been a teacher or in a school administrator. Yeah, and she, they which say is that a she, bullshit argument. I agree. They say that she paid to play because, I mean, she gave a ton of money. But a lot of it was donated to education purposes, and a lot of it was given to uh, senators and to Trump himself for his election. But mo- the the vast majority of the money she gave was towards education. Yeah, understandable. Right. Um, and so the Department of Education, which we'll get to this later, but I think is just a useless department. Yeah. Um, started in 1980. Yep. Uh, by by Jimmy Jimmy the Peanut Farmer Carter. <laughs> Although he has uh, the reputation of being the great deregulator, which is pretty interesting. I did not know that actually. Yes. Yeah. He's really he was pretty big on deregulating a lot of different industries and sectors. So hmm. he's not all bad, he's, you no. know, he's got some, some good things about him. And, but obviously, and I, I understand he is a super nice guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he may be one of the nicest presidents that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, it was when, when it was originally uh, planned, it was actually opposed by the American Federation of Teachers. Well, that's interesting. Yes, they did not want the depart. They did not want the federal government in charge of how they taught. But now, because the woman who is in charge of it is not a former teacher, they all hate it. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't get it. Um, I just. I don't understand it. Since 1980, when it began, the cost that it takes to graduate a student uh, to graduate a student has gone up. Well, in 1970, it was roughly fifty-five thousand dollars per year student per student. K through 12, right? K through 12. Yeah. And now, and well, in 2010, uh, it was a hundred and sixty-five thousand. Holy crap! And. The scores, like the scores, the testing, how we do on a worldwide basis in math, science, uh, math, science, and reading, has not changed and or gone down. No, it's not. Right. No, I've seen that. I've seen. I've seen a graph that outlines that. Right. We've thrown tens of it's billions. The same graph. I stole that information from. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's about they they've they've thrown tens of billions of dollars over the last uh, three decades, um, three and a half decades, and we're still doing this the exact same as we always have. Right. And a lot of the reason that it costs so much per student nowadays is because the Department of Education has 4,400 employees. Of only 6% of them considered essential employees by the government. Yeah, yeah. So it just seems like it's a bureaucratic nightmare and just a waste. And the way that I see it is that since 1980, we've had teachers and administrators in that position. And it just costs more money, and we are seeing zero results, if not worse results. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. So maybe it's time that we get somebody that's not a teacher or an administrator in there mm-hmm. to figure this out. Yeah. Or maybe get rid of it or as a whole. Or we can go to Thomas Massey, my my second or third favorite person in Congress, Thomas Massey. Uh, he proposed the bill this week to get rid of the Department of Education. In, in one line. In the most succinct bill ever written. Yeah. 
<laughs> the Department of Education will be dissolved December 31st, 2017. Yeah. Oh, I think it was will terminate. Will terminate, yeah. Will terminate December 31st, 2017. <laughs> that's funny. Dude. And I just, I think that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah. People on um, both sides of the aisle, uh, people that are not libertarian, basically, that probably don't read too much on history or look in too much into how the government works. Just assume that before the 1980s, we, you know, just people couldn't read or something or do addition and subtraction. They like learned how to read by writing words on the soot-filled windows of factories. Yeah, 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 of capitalism. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was, yeah, capitalism until child labor laws came in, obviously. Obviously. Um but yeah, uh, as if there was no education prior to 1980, as if we didn't go to the moon, as if we didn't make the first computers, um, as if we didn't make fucking everything we've made before 1980. Right. As if we didn't have the Wright brothers that took us to flight, you know, the first, you know, full 12 second <laughs> air flight that's right. never happened before, you know? Exactly. All of that. Those crazy Ohio, Ohioans, Ohioans, mm -hmm. however you say people from Ohio. Yeah. The crazy bike makers from Ohio that figured out how to fly in North Carolina. That didn't happen. No. That, 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 if we had a Department of Education, that would have happened faster. Yeah, some shit, some shit like that. <laughs> Thomas Edison, even though I hate him. And I know he's an asshole, but just all of that all. Everything that I am not going to mention because I both don't know it and I'm too tired right now. Um, everything we've ever made before the 1980 maybe just suddenly doesn't exist or something. And to me, that's just baffling that people have this stupid argument. Right. And in all fairness, we need to just let each state figure out how they're going to do their own education. We which they, do, which they, they try to because every state already has a Department of Education. Right. So it's redundant. It's redundant. Absolutely. It's the Department of Redundancy of Redundancy. The Redundancy basically. Department of Redundancy? Yeah. Right. The Redundant yeah. Department of Redundancy? Yeah. At this, at this point, yes. You know? Right. It's... I don't even know why we're really... Spending as much time on it as we really are because the yeah. Department of Education is a useless department. It is, yeah. Is And people are like, oh, this is for the kids. No, it's not. It's so 4,400 people can get a guaranteed paycheck. And if it snows in D.C., 94% of them don't have to go to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all it really is. Yep. And then there's the other argument of – we have to do something, which is such a bullshit non-argument that I always hear from a lot of people when it comes to the role of the government on whatever topic you're choosing that we're talking about. When they say, well, we must do something or we have to do something, and it's like, no, we don't. No, we don't. Especially, I know, I know we're still talking about it, and when it's really simple, just get rid of it. Before the 1980s, there was no Department of Education. Right. And our scores have not really changed or they have declined since then. Exactly. And a lot of it has to do, too, with stuff like school choice, you know, stuff that a lot of people are, are I don't know which, I'm not going to pick on the left too much, but, you know, a lot of people seem to be against school choice for some reason. Okay, and I people was, that are that don't have kids, I'm going to say that because I, I think most parents I've met like school choice. And I was talking, I was talking to somebody uh, this week about school choice, and he said, and "I'm going to try to remember how he said this." He said that school choice affects those in low income neighborhoods um, because they may not be able to afford the tuition at other schools and whatever. And I said, and I said that DeVos uh, proposes that they get a tax break on the money they would spend to send the kids there. And he said, "Oh, well, that would be okay." So I don't think a lot of people really understand what the school 
choice is. And I'm not saying that about the guy that said this. I'm just saying that I don't think a lot of people do understand that there are ways in order to make the school choice thing help everybody where it doesn't come off as against low income families because I've never seen it that way. I've always seen it as if you want your kids to go to a different school, they go to a different school. Yeah. It promotes uh, competition. And some other people said, well, what happens if, what happens if um, one of the schools doesn't get enough students? You close that school because they aren't, they aren't putting out the numbers that are necessary. Like they aren't putting out the numbers that are necessary in order to keep it open. So why would you continue to send your kids there? Yeah, I don't remember her name. There was um, a, an Asian woman um, that was hired in the District of Columbia to be like the top education official. And um, I believe she ended up getting voted out or something like that. Um, but they didn't like her because of how she wanted to do things. Um, when she went to DC and she saw how bad the schools were, um, she started firing teachers, um, basically based off of performance, you know, if the teacher isn't performing well, then they should be let go. And she, she closed up some schools too. And it surprises me that people don't, um, don't see that argument that, Someone that's not doing well in something should be for should be kept to do a job. You know, you look at any other job anywhere. If someone's not performing in a certain manner, they're going to be cut. Right. You know, they should be cut. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you're going to cut somebody that's not performing. Whether you're a manager or a business owner, unless so, you're in Congress. Yeah, unless you're in Congress. <laughs> because if you're in Congress, apparently once you're in, you just get keep getting reelected. Unless you're David Jolly. Which was, I'd love to see him lose. God, that made me happy. Yeah, same here. Yeah. And the other, the other, um, I don't know. Um, I don't want to say it's an argument, but I've had a lot of, hmm? Point of view, maybe? Yeah, sure. um, A lot of people have spoken with me about my views on education and how I think that uh, kids should not be forced to go to school. You know, and I've had friends say stuff like, you know, we need good education for the for our people to be better, supposedly so they can vote better. A lot of times it ends up translating into Democrat. No offense. Um, What does vote better mean? Does that mean pushing the buttons faster, filling out the blanks better? Is that why we have standardized testing? So when you fill (laughs) out the little bubble next to the name, you don't go outside that circle? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And um, <laughs> um, vote better as in choose the right person, you yeah, know. I know. Um, but it's a silly argument because there's a big difference between schooling and education, and that's something that I've always believed in. Um, it always surprised me that a lot of these Democrats don't vote. Um, sorry, don't push for. Although I don't. I would not agree with this still. Don't push for free tech schooling. You know, like we have one of the largest skill gaps in history right now in this country. We have over 3 million jobs waiting to be filled. Right. You know, everything from welding to um, uh, electricians, yep, electrician, HVAC, all of it. Yep. Uh, and, and whatever else falls into that category. There's a lot of jobs waiting to be filled. And in today's society, we have brainwashed both parents and children into thinking they need a piece of paper to do something. Yet at the same time, we celebrate people like Bill Gates, you know, or any Zuckerberg. Yeah, Zuckerberg or any of these people that built great empires and amassed uh, mass wealth without a college degree. Right. Um, right. There's so many, so many different successful people who never went to college, you know, like the ones that you mentioned. I, I don't think Steve Jobs did either. 
but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I don't think he did either. Yeah. Um, it's not... It's about finding your niche and working in it. Like, getting this blanket education isn't... Life is not a one-size-fits-all thing. Mm-hmm. You're, the people in Nebraska don't need to be taught the exact same things as the people in New York. Yes. And that's because people in Nebraska, many of them are going to grow up to become farmers. Mm-hmm. Yep. People in New York City mainly is where, you know, like everybody else, that's what I think of when I think New York. Yes. Um, they're not going to become farmers. No, they're not. So the education system needs to be different and that needs to be decided on by the states. Yep. Now, I do agree that English, math, science should all be taught in all of in all of the schools, but let that be up to the to the states and to the localities on to what degree and what they're going to be teaching. Yeah. And my perspective of being like more anarcho-capitalist on on the the free market side of it is if that is the if that's the best way to do it especially when it comes to competition among schools when parents choose to send their kids to schools that do force not not force teach that curriculum you know then so be it but we don't even allow any sort of competition on different ways to to teach so when i went to bogosiega high school down the road from here um until they changed it my last two years in I loved it the way they used to do it. We had a what's known we had what was known as a four block schedule. So I took eight different classes in a year. That that was me as well when I went to school. Yeah. Up in Virginia. Yeah. So the first semester, uh, we only took four classes. Oh, we spent an hour and forty five minutes per topic, and and that was it. You know and. I personally liked it, and I, I think a lot of my friends that went to Bogie as well, Bogie is a nickname for my school, Bogosiega as well, liked it. Um, maybe some didn't, but that's fine too. Um, but that's the whole freaking point of the, the whole competition thing. If, enough, if, it, if this works well and more people think it ends up working well, then that idea ends up winning and more people will probably end up adopting that method of teaching. Um, or not even teaching of setting up your, you know, the scheduling, right? Scheduling even it comes down to it, not just education. The way we did it was we had eight A and B day, mm-hmm. and eight A was four classes, B day was four different classes. Okay, and, and I mean you took those classes for a full year, but like for both semesters, but still it was you. We weren't in seven or eight classes yeah. a day. Yeah. We were in, you know, four classes a day for an hour and a half or an hour and 45. I don't remember. It was 20, yeah. Oh, God. 20 years ago this year. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, after we switched at Bogusega High School, we went to how everybody else is. And I think it was mandatory from what I remember. And I didn't enjoy it, man. It, you, you, you got taught as many topics as possible in 50 minutes. Right. Next class. Sit down. 50 minutes. Next class. My, you know, everybody has different ways of learning and and uh, and holding on to information and grasping a topic. Um, again, that comes back to the whole competition thing and why choice is so important in many things, even deodorant. You know, like that's why. <laughs> yeah, I remember because there. Uh, <laughs> maybe you've never seen it. There was the um, during the campaign. There was a um, reason had put out a. Um, <laughs> A little thing of Bernie Sanders during an interview. He said that um, the reason children in this country are going hungry is because we have 23 deodorant choices. And <laughs> so they, they took that and then they're like, <laughs> there are hungry children in this country because we have too many deodorant choices. <laughs> Please donate to the Bernie Sanders you know, School of Economics or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it's so silly, you know. And, and I, I went to the guy Remy. He does. He makes music and does a bunch of stuff for a reason. Um, he's like, well, I'm I'm allergic to 
I don't know, this one chemical that's in uh, yeah, deodorant. I mean, oh, the, you fat cat bourgeois. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there are many types of deodorant I can't use because it makes me break out. So I like to have the choice. Yes. I mean, yeah. We'll, we're so, going to get to Bernie later, so let's... <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that's, 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 the whole, that's the whole thing about choice in Egypt and uh, Egypt because I know it. And Europe, um, after you're done with middle school, you have two different tracks when you go to high school. You have the liberal arts track and the more, it's like a tech, the technical track. And uh, that basically fig, um, finds out what sort of classes you're going to have taken throughout um, high school. And then hopefully what you're going to end up doing afterwards. So they give... Students a choice to pick. I want to do just science-based stuff, or I want to just do arts and languages-based stuff. Um, and that's the whole argument when it comes from libertarians: is we just want choice because we think that the best choices will inevitably end up winning and helping everybody. There is no in-between step. We can't not mess up. We're humans. It takes time for ideas to be tested out. It takes time. For, for people to get used to something, to figure it out, to see what they like, and not everybody still at the end of the day is going to like everything. So you let people have the choice of where they want to send their students, whether it's another zip code or their own, and what kind of scheduling they want the classes to be set up as, you know, or what kind of classes in general they want to end up doing. And I go as far as saying I don't think Kids should be forced to go to school because I think if they want to start working right away, let people start working right away. I'm sorry, right away. That's on them. And that's where my um, education is different from schooling thing comes in because – and this can branch out into so many different topics. But if you've never heard of Khan Academy – um, it's a great website that is supported by many philanthropists, and they have courses on everything from English, um, arts, history, math, and science, and more. And you can get exactly what you would be getting from school, from going to school. That's an education. For, I watch uh, a YouTube channel called The Great War, and they dissect everything about World War One. It's pretty awesome. Um, uh, there's Vsauce. He talks about science, you know. Um, there's too many channels that I cannot remember right now uh, that you can go to and learn a lot of things. Number file, you know, talk about math. Number. It's not – well, it's really numbers. Right. So you can get an education. You're not going to be a moron if you choose not to be a moron. Um, so that's where people are confused. It's the difference between schooling and education. But the difference we end up needing schooling and needing these degrees and diplomas is because a lot of times the same people that are saying we need to do this are the same people that put the same regulations and restrictions on people to not do something. Exactly. Because they don't have that thing. So, like, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show before, but I know I've told you and people at the hospital know about this. I was a combat medic in the Army. Okay, for uh, it's, um, 16 weeks of training. First eight weeks was the National Registry EMT Basic. Uh, basically made me a basic EMT. Next eight weeks was the combat medic portion. We got to learn about trauma, um, got to learn about IVs, intubating, stuff like that. And then you get even more education at your unit when you deploy, what your doctor teaches you, what medical facility you're at. Um, so I can do I, – me, me personally, I can do intubations. I can stick a King LT down your throat. This is all like for airway stuff. Um, I, can, I can do sutures. Nurses don't do that. Um, I can do incisions and drainages if you have like a MRSA buildup under your skin and relieve that. Um, all under the you – know, all under the supervision of a PA or a doctor. Yet, when I got out of the Army in 2012, the state of Florida wanted me to pay them money to retake the 
National Registry EMT basic test to get my Florida license. And I was like, okay, I'll do this. So I I went to do it. And um, so the the National Registry test can be anywhere between 65 to 200 questions. Um, And depending on how many, it's like a threshold. You pass, you can pass or fail at 60 questions, you know. That, that would mean you, you failed really bad or passed really good. Right. Or up to 200, you know. They just, the questions get harder or easier, but only to a certain level. So I didn't do well on the first one. And then I decided, why am I going to pay another another $100 when I know how to do this? And when it comes to medics, you can ask any of your friends that are medics um, in any state. The book test has is very different from how you actually, and that comes to regulation. The book test is very different from how you actually do your job. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I found for any tests like that, though. The okay. Like the real estate test, they have, and this depends on which state you do it in, but I got licensed in Florida and I got licensed in Virginia. And in Virginia, we had the state test and the national test. And they said that once you pass the national test anywhere, you never have to take it again. And I was like, great. That way, if I ever leave Virginia, I can go and I just have to take the, you know, learn the state laws and I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Florida and I decided to become a real estate agent. And they said, oh, we don't do that. We give you one big test. And it was all the same information. And what I was told by one of my real estate mentors in Virginia was that when you take the real estate test, the information on it you need to know for the test, and you will never need to know it again. Yeah. Ever. That makes no sense. Right. When the, the same people that I was just talking about say that we need licenses and certifications because what, what if somebody messes up? And I'm like, well, in a lot of tests and certifications like that, People will say exactly what you just said. Like, yeah, it's just it's just a test. Right. What the hell's the point? There is no point. Then you're just keeping a barrier there for somebody to not do it. What if somebody has zero dollars and knows how to do real estate, knows the law because you can look it up online at a public library. Exactly. And now you can't because you did not pay the money and take the course to take the test. And then all fair like I with medics and doctors and things like that. It's a little different because, you know, people's lives. But, like, with real estate, if you're not a shitty person, you're not going to break any laws. Like, it's just pretty obvious when you're going to do something that's going to break a law. Don't exactly. force somebody else's name. Don't try to essentially dick people over. Like, that's pretty much it. Those are the yep. laws. Like Or hair braiding. Or hair braiding. You know? Or, um being a barber. And right. I actually had somebody try to argue with me on why barbers should be licensed. I was like, for centuries. That's one of the older professions in the world. You yeah. know, Caesar needed a haircut. Everybody's needed a haircut. Yeah. Never needed a license until now. What if they hurt somebody? It's a, it's a fucking set of clippers. And, and then, a, you know, a comb and, and, and scissors. You know? In Egypt, we don't have a lot of certifications for a lot of the bullshit jobs that we have here um, in the United States. So you can buy a storefront, slap your name on it, and have people come in to get their haircut. Because one really good form of regulation is your brand. Hey, does Muhammad not cut hair? Yeah, I'm going to go there. Right. Or... I go. I don't know if Muhammad knows how to cut hair. I go in to get my hair cut. He fucks up my hair, or he, he, or even well, let me let me just. Do it. He fucks up my hair. Now I'm going to tell everybody, and now, and maybe even the people in the store are going to hear about it. Maybe they might not come back. That's a good form of regulation. I, Since when was it not? Exactly. We already do that. Or Muhammad jams his scissors in my head, and. Now I'm bleeding. Well, then you, you're going to sue him, you know. 
and then you're still not going to go back. Right. So like, where's this fucking regulation thing? What, what does that stop? Right. Nothing. Regulation doesn't stop shit. And in my opinion, it's the same thing for the, in, in the medical field because I was not certified to do intubations, you know, when you, when you, when you use the device, when you, when, when the nurse or whoever puts the person asleep, picking up their head and picking up the uh, ET, which, which is an endotracheal tube, looking at the vocal cords and putting it in. I was not certified to do that, you know. Um, yet somehow I'm, they decided that I don't know how to do it. So how I look at it as is not only did Florida lose an EMT basic to help a medic out, they lost me as an employee doing that job. They also lost straight up a paramedic that has a buttload of skills that I had gained over the last four years in the Army. Right. And that's where my issue comes in. Certifications don't stop anything. You know, people say malpractice. Okay, well, malpractice happens with certifications. Certifications don't stop mistakes. You can have regulation without the government forcing it. And if it's something that people want, somebody will provide that service. That's just how it is. So if somebody wants a, the Better Business Bureau is a pretty good example of that. Um, or where I, I work at a hospital, the Joint Commission, another good example of that. It's not a government uh, organization. It's a nonprofit. And we pay them to when they come over to test us and to see how we're doing. And then we meet some of them, or we don't meet some of the regulations. Why, why does the government have to be involved? I, I'm being trained as an endoscopy tech. There is no, well, there is a national registry test for it, but it's actually not mandatory. So our hospital doesn't recognize it, and they just train us to do our jobs. And that's, that, that's where my argument comes from when it comes to um, Licenses being mandatory, stopping people from doing jobs. You know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. And I mean, going, I mean, we can just segue right from yes. that into the next thing. Uh, this on Tuesday on CNN, the fake news network, <laughs> um, we had the debate between Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders over Obamacare. And they spoke a lot about regulation, mandate, and government, and yes, all those things. Um, but that that debate was—I I really enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great debate. It, there was a good. Oh yeah, same it, here. It was a good back and forth. Yeah, I. That was the type of debate I, I had wanted to see if Bernie Sanders and Rand Paul had won the nominations from the parties. Right. Right. And I'm not a huge Ted Cruz fan. Neither am I. Yeah. I mean, I don't really like him. He's kind of creepy. But I think that he wholeheartedly won yeah. that debate because he actually appeared there and he had he had his facts. He had his specifics. Um, and he – and I know every – all of my – Progressive friends loved Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh well, Bernie cares. Bernie cares." And I think he cares. I, I don't really. I do not. No, I thought, especially in that debate, I thought that for being the Zodiac killer, Ted Cruz appeared more compassionate than Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that too. Um, when I say I think he cares, I mean. I'm not saying he's right. I'm just saying I do think he cares and wants what's going to be best for everybody. But those kind, of, you know, but those kind of policies just aren't going to end up working that way. Yeah. Um, we when uh, the woman with the hair salons in <laughs> Texas. Yeah. When she came up and she was like, "I want to expand my business. I can't." Uh, so do I lower what I pay people? Do I raise the cost of my goods so I can start employing more people and afford health care? 
Bernie's answer was, if you hire 50 people, you have to give them health care. And that wasn't even it. He, I mean, he, he even said, first of all, he, yeah, he ignored everything she said. He didn't even answer her question on what she should do. Um, no, he said, do you give them? Do they have health care? She said, no. And he said, I think in the United States, you know, we should all have health care. Every, everybody's entitled to health care. And I'm like, you didn't even answer entitled. her question. Exactly. There was no answer. And then he's like, you're not going to like my answer. But if you hire 50 people or more, you should have to give them health care. That's not how do I expand my business? What do you recommend I do? Do I cut what I pay people? Do I raise prices on mm-hmm. my customers? What do I do? You pay health care. It's like, that's not an answer. It's not. That is not an answer. And it also, it doesn't help people who are looking for jobs. It doesn't help businesses that are trying to grow, that want to hire more people. It doesn't do any of that. Yeah. And Ted Cruz, who, you know, the famous Zodiac killer, um, he, he went out and he had stats and facts and specific events that happened in you know in the UK and in Canada and in you know all over Europe about how their healthcare systems are failing and the reason that they spend less money is cuz they don't approve as many MRIs and they don't approve as many surgeries and they don't approve all these things and Bernie just kept coming back with we're going to the government needs to pay for this which and then Ted was like, well, in your plan, it's supposed to cost $3.2 billion the first year and then $30 billion you know, the following five years. And if you took all the money that Apple, Microsoft, and I think Google made over the course of a year, like you would be able to pay for one year. And it's just – it doesn't make any sense. And then he started saying if we open up the free market and we open up the border, like being able to cross – uh, mm-hmm. Trade across borders, which is a regulation, which is a regulation caused by the insurance companies. But and I don't agree with regu- You know, that's crony capitalism at yeah, its best. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but if you were able to open these up and not have the insurance companies saying, "Okay, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay for, I'm not going to pay for," you know, he was giving people choice he wants to give people choice like if you and i are 60 year old 60 years old and uh not married or and married but you know our wives never again (laughs) never forget um and our you know our wives are beyond the age that we that they can give birth why would we have to pay for maternity care why is this a mandate why is a 90 year old woman having to pay for maternity care. Yeah. You know why it doesn't make sense to throw these mandates. And if you're a woman who doesn't want to get pregnant, I don't, I don't think you should have to pay for the maternity care. If you take the proper steps to make sure you're not going to get pregnant. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's always a risk in that. Yeah. But that's what insurance is. Yes, insurance is you betting that you're not. Right. Chris Rock famously said it shouldn't be called insurance. It should be called in case shit happens. Yes. And, you know, car insurance, yeah, you don't need it in case shit happens and then you need it. Yep. Right. Health insurance, you don't need it in case shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know – I think we should treat car insurance the same way we used to treat insurance. But if you look at how insurance is now and treat car insurance the same way, you know, where now you don't have to buy car – well, now you have to buy car insurance. You have to buy car insurance. Uh, but if you, if you don't, you have to pay uh, some stupid fee every year, you right. know, which by the way ends up hurting people. That already cannot afford health insurance. Like right. you say, you're trying to help people. You're punishing people. Right. You're. I can't afford. I can't afford health insurance. So I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. So you're going to get a tax. Yeah. Which is a fine. Yeah. For not purchasing this product. Yes. 
which is just going to hurt these people more because I think this year it's 2200 2400 mm-hmm. yeah I think the fine's 2400 this year and if you're getting a uh why am I blanking on the name for the check they send you I'm not sure it's a refund if you're getting a t- <laughs> if you're getting a tax refund of you know twelve hundred dollars, but then you have the twenty two hundred dollar fine on there, you you now owe the government a thousand dollars, and you literally get nothing out of it. Yep. And you're just hurting these low income families even more. While helping private insurance companies keep a steady stream of revenue, and without having to compete over it. Exactly, and they increase their profits more and more under Obamacare than they did under anybody else. Yeah. And the thing with insurance is, it's supposed to be, like you said, in case shit happens, where um, we're all paying into this thing in case shit happens. And when something happens to a minority or whatever of the people there, that goes to them to deal with whatever it is they're dealing with, whether it's car insurance or health insurance, uh, to pay shareholders, to pay the person managing all this, you know, like company owner and stuff like that. Um, but how it worked, how it is right now with health insurance too, is it, I think I am a healthy, you know, paratrooper guy that used to be in the army. Right. I typically eat healthy except for today. Um, yeah, he and I gouged down some McDonald's earlier. It was, <laughs> it was disgusting. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I just had to have some food. But, you know, generally I eat healthy, you know, and I work out every now and then. When? So I don't need health insurance. When do you I'm work not gonna, out? Huh? When do you work out? Like once a week. Do you? Yeah. Walking from your car to the cobble bar? Sometimes I do push-ups. Oh. but um you know just go with the argument (laughs) i don't i don't work out um thank you let us not lie to our (laughs) listeners no i do but i'm just going with it now (laughs) um and uh i don't need health insurance so i'm gonna pay the fine because it's cheaper than paying the couple hundred dollars every month for the health insurance. So I'm not, and now I'm not contributing to this big pot that's supposed to go and help everybody. But once I do get sick, because everybody thinks, well, um, if you have a pre existing condition, you shouldn't be stopped from having insurance. Well, now I have a pre existing condition, and now I'm gonna go get the health insurance that's gonna pay me out exponentially more that I'm putting into it now that I have it. Do people not see how that doesn't work? Right. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. So it's, so now I went from a healthy guy to a sick guy with, I don't know, freaking heart condition at 27. Um, and I went from paying nothing to now paying, I don't know, $400 a month. And I'm getting a couple thousand a month now in whatever treatments I need. Do people not see how that doesn't make any sense and how that's kind of bullshit, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's it's a completely selfish act. And the, like, okay, so we're not saying sick people, right? It, it is different. Like, you get the people who are born with conditions that yeah. they can't help. So, I get that. like, yeah, that's that's different than the people who are the oh, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy. Oh, well, now I'm sick. Well, now I can't get insurance. Like, two different scenarios on that. But either way, it's not the health insurance company's fault. No. Like we said, I think two weeks ago? Last Probably. Week? Yeah. Uh, it's not the health insurance company's fault, and it should be their choice on whether or not to insure you. Um, but by opening up the markets, more people will have to accept pre existing conditions. Yeah. It's just something that's going to have to happen. Yeah, because what if Bumfuck Oklahoma insurance company that is really small does offer that? Now, like. Cigna, Aetna, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and all these other people are going to lose out on that market share of these people. And 
I do think some of them will be like, well, hey, now we're going to accept it too. Because why would they not? Right. I've never seen. I've never seen a company not do something in the best interest of them making more money. Right. It only would make sense for them to do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The. I mean, personally, I think Ted Cruz just killed that debate. And yeah. I haven't. And granted, the part of my Facebook feed that some would call an echo chamber yeah. is also the same part of my Facebook feed that would actually sit down to watch the debate. Okay. I don't think many of my left friends sit down. Actually, when I was watching the debate, I was watching it on my phone through headphones and one of my left friends came up to me and said, why are you even watching? Why do you just, it just makes, what'd she say? It makes my heart space sad. And I said, you understand if you're saying heart space, it means you have no heart. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's a space for your heart. Yes. <laughs> um, but she's like, it makes my heart space sad, and I just I don't want to even deal with it. And I was – you have to stay – like, you have to stay informed. Like, I – you know, and I was watching it because I wanted to know what their arguments were. I wanted to know what yeah. they were going to say. I wanted to see if Bernie was going to say anything other than – screw the 1%, millionaires, billionaires, you know, low yeah. income, blah, blah, whatever. Like, they don't care. They, you know, they, they want to kill babies and people with cancer. Like, you know, government needs to be huge. And I wanted to see if he was going to say something that I would have found to be, you know, worth mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And for the people who were out there saying, well, yeah, but Bernie, you know, Bernie cares, Bernie cares. Right. Well, a crazy person caring does not mean they have good ideas. He yeah. may, he may care and he may be compassionate, but his ideas will not work. Yeah. It's the whole, it's the, the road to hell's paved with good intentions. Exactly. Exactly. Like I don't, I would rather a sociopath be in there doing things, doing things than somebody who is absolutely out of his mind crazy trying to help. Yeah, I get it. So, and I mean, oh, honestly, I'd rather neither of them be in there. But, mm -hmm. you know, we, in the system we have right now, we don't really have a choice. Yeah, exactly. And uh, part of, <laughs> part of the, uh, the debate, too, uh, there was like a short exchange where um, – Ted Cruz was talking about Texas and how they are trying to deregulate, open up the market some more, uh, talking about how Texas, kind of like Florida, has a large influx of, um, uh, you know, uh, in-country immigrants, so from other states, people moving from other states to Texas in large numbers um, because of lower taxes and, and the better healthcare system, so on and so forth. Um, and then <laughs> I guess Bernie Sanders tried to one-up him, and he was like, well, Vermont, you know. <laughs> Vermont and I swear, highest as, soon, of people. as soon as he said that, I died. I, I died laughing. I was like, did you just compare Vermont to Texas? Vermont, that's like 96% white people. Right. You know, in the Northeast. Right. That'd be like me comparing – like, and also just like on size level and you know, yeah, population level. We're talking about my pinky toe in compared to my body. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and actually I'm, I'm glad Ted came back and said that. He was like, Vermont doesn't have the diversity that we have in Texas. He's right. They have different income diversities and they have different people diversities, something that – a certain side of the spectrum always likes to care about so much. Vermont is predominantly white. There's no way around that. And yeah, <laughs> that entire debate, I, I felt bad for Sanders, even though I know that many of his supporters, if they actually watched, which I don't know any that did, but many of his supporters probably thought he won that debate, even though all he did was talk about feelings and emotion and, what the, gov the gov we need more government we need more government where ted did come with his facts and his stats and everything else and talk to the people about how 
he cares about them and wants to make the, give them, as we said earlier, about choice. And he wants to give them choice on their own health care. And yeah. they get to pick their doctors. They can make their insurance plans. They can, you know, catastrophic if you only want tra- catastrophic or, you know, the whole gambit if you need it or yeah. whatever. And, you know, it... I I didn't even think that was a close debate when no talking, I didn't when talking about healthcare no no and I can give I've given Bernie props on some stuff before so I'm not I don't have any aversion to doing that no he didn't do that well on the debate it was just feelings it was feelings it was feelings and telling feelings. and telling people that they Nothing have the right to feelings. <laughs> That they have the right to something that they don't have the right to. Right. You can't make it. I own a car. I have a right to travel. That does not mean a mechanic has to fix my car. Exactly. You know? That's stupid. It's great. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that is just about all the time we have today. Once again, let us thank Low Tide Kava Bar here in Gulfport, Florida for the kava that we drank during the show. Let's do a quick bula. Do you have anything else? I didn't even ask that. <laughs> I've barely drank mine. Uh, yeah, I didn't have much. <laughs> Show the bula. Bula. <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Thank you all very much for listening. We do appreciate each and every one of you out there. Uh, we do have a meeting coming up with the guy who is building our website, hopefully today. Yeah, hopefully today. And we will hopefully have that up to you soon. And... Uh, follow us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters and follow us on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom or on Facebook at backslash muddied waters of freedom. And yeah, that's pretty much all I got. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us and we hope to that you join us again um, next episode this next weekend. And uh, as always, remember that uh, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>